Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Daryl Ryder, back again. What's up, buddy? How was your weekend? It's long and it was uh, expensive. How about you? Uh, long and not so expensive. I got, I would, I would have preferred that my weekend was not expensive, but no, like, uh, we, I, it was one of those things where a fair amount of people tried to call me this weekend, just randomly. And none of them got, I didn't get back to any of them. I was just so damn busy that like we had girls basketball on Saturday. Um, uh, Sunday, I got my first, uh, hibachi experience in, in about 25 years for my nephew's birthday. Oh, good for you. That was, uh, long and expensive. Uh, although I did look like the hillbilly of the family bringing in two cocktails as we were sitting down. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, Oh yeah, it's for me and Vanessa. We all knew the truth. You're just doing a little double fisting. And then yesterday was the, uh, was the daddy daughter, uh, date day because Ness actually had to work. And so Barnes and Noble, Bob's, bowling, all the bees yesterday, and uh, yeah, so the it was bees, a lot of fun. The bees were killer on the wallet. They were, man. All the bees were ki- the bees usually do kill the wallet, though, in my experience. But uh, no, it's great though. And here's the here's the best part. Can we just be real honest here? I'd like to say, uh, good job. You, you finished the Daytona 500. You got that. Uh, hey, NBA All Star Weekend. I watched about. I watched the Donovan Mitchell three-point. Oh, I watched the three-point contest. I watched Steph and Sabrina. Checked out for the rest of the weekend. And the only thing I know about the uh, the Daytona 500 is there was one of the coolest-looking wrecks. I know it's not cool when it happens because you're worried about people's health. One of the most interesting things about that sport remains the big car wrecks. I'm, so, I'm sorry to be that guy, but, like, if you don't have a car accident or, like, a big wreck, I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm here to tell you you missed nothing, and it was everything you thought it could be. And everything it will never be, I think, is the reality. <laughs> now we're actually we're we're not going to do the the uh, the start the show with the NBA All Star festivities. We're not going to do that, and here's why. It was a snooze fest. Um, it always is though. But here's why we're not. This is like a two second. We'll get back to it later. They can't get dudes to play defense in like a one versus two seed in January. <laughs> You're not getting them to suddenly try hard in the postseason. Like I love this idea. Every year we did this is this I called it NBA Groundhog Day uh, today on social media because that's what it is. Everybody goes, we got to do something about this All Star game, and everybody has these really creative ideas, and then nothing changes. And now it's like, well, Adam Silver's mad. Does not matter. Does not matter whatsoever. Now I will tell you, I think I went into the three point competition with Donovan the perfect expectations. Because I had none. I'm like, he's look at the guys he's going up against. Like, Donovan's a good three-point shooter. 
And Donovan, I, I think, has got to the point where you can argue he's underrated as a three-point shooter. Look at the other guys that were on the court. Look at the look at the guys who are who are habitual 38%, 40, you know, 39%, 40, 41%, 42% right. three-point shooting. Like, I went into that thinking, it'd be nice if he had like an exciting first round and we'll talk after that. And that's effectively what happened. So I thought it was I, I always think it's weird when people are like, well, you didn't do anything in that, but hey, you still competed. It's like, guys, we're not giving out participation trophies for a three-point competition. It was fun. He was in it. Somebody can't advance to the second and third rounds. We're okay. Like, yeah, it was cool, man. And he wore uh he he uh he did the homage to Sam Merrill, which I thought was a lot of fun. Like, it doesn't have to be more than that. I ah, represented Cleveland strongly. I, he showed up. Yeah, he, showed he shot you. a bunch of threes. Yeah. It was fun. He did That's, his job. What more did you want from that? He did his job. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, it would have been I, nice. It would would have been nice to see him advance. But you know, I think he had twenty one points. So I was like, yeah, that's not going to get it done. Yeah. Well, especially who? Uh, gosh, who went first? Now I'm gonna. Now you can see where my mind was this weekend. But he got like twenty eight, and it was all off that final rack. And it was like, oh, if 28's, if 28's where we're starting, this is going to be a little tough for Donovan. I just love the idea, though, that like four years from now, we're going to be like, hey, remember Donovan in the first round? Three-point competition? Man, that was special. He he really, he he shot the ball. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be uh, telling the, the grandkids about Donovan Mitchell's three-point shootout experience on the uh, state-of-the-art floor. In Indianapolis. Yeah, the floor, The funny thing was... That might have been the coolest thing that happened in All-Star Weekend. The fact that they actually did the Saturday night activities, which, by the way, were completely horrible, yeah. um, on an LED court, mm-hmm. which I thought was just amazing for me because I'm a technology geek. I'm sure you know this about me. Yeah, I heard a pre-show with you and Mac talking about Control-Alt-Delete or something like that. <laughs> Control C, Control yeah. V. Ah, what's this thing called? Copy and paste. Let me hear about it, folks. <laughs> True story. I actually had to teach my mom how to copy and paste, and you thought I was trying to teach her algebra or something. It was painful. I we could we could go down a full road and, and embarrassing parents on oh. this, but I'm simply going to try and save the good grace going forward because I know we're about five years you still have from my daughters <laughs> having to explain things to me. So I'm actually I'm gonna try and use I'm gonna I'm gonna try and you're gonna build up the keep good karma. some goodwill, some good karma as it were, in the hopes that it pays dividends in five years when they're like, God, dad's an idiot. Like he used to be the guy that set all this up. What is his problem? But uh, yeah, you are a, you are tech. No, you know my favorite thing about the LED court was it wasn't just kind of moment to moment. It was uh, Sabrina and Steph the over like almost like the half court shot from behind when they would kind of pan back to that. I saw it a lot on the um, on the social media clips where it was just a different view of it, and it was honestly it was it felt like it was a mile away, but you just really got a sense of the distance on yeah. those longer threes. That was really cool. Yeah. Or were they uh, uh, traced where guys were running, like during the skills competition? Yeah, that was the only thing worth watching during the skills competition was the little uh, streamers or whatever uh, pixels that they did mm-hmm. on the floor. But yeah, that was that was pretty cool technology. Probably coming to an NBA arena near you at some point yeah, in like, the next five years. Talk about undersell. We they had that whole NBA, uh, sorry, NBAI thing on Friday. Oh, look at how cool this is. You can have an NBA game set to the theme of Spider-Man. And I'm like, that does nothing for me. If I want to go see Spider-Man, I'll go see Spider-Man. Right. 
But like this, they completely undersold this. Where was where was it's, the thirty minute presentation by Adam Silver on the on LED the, yeah. courts and what it could mean for the NBA? It, it's the Lakers and Celtics, Goodfellas style. Like, I, okay, that actually isn't a terrible because the mob, well, you know, mob Boston and Goodfellas is awesome. I want the I want the slow panning though. And like and, as and long the, as I and can the remember, object was basically to kill fools. But it's LeBron. Right. As long as I can remember, I wanted to be an LA Laker. And then it just <laughs> right into the five minute montage. Ah, there's AD. There's uh, there's Rui. There's uh, Gimpy Joe. Like when you start getting all the nicknames in there, now you're into it. Yeah, if you just say, oh, I want to watch a Transformers movie starring the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> uh, no, that sucks. That's awful. If you give me like a throwback. Like the uh, the quick and the dead, you mean quick and the dead, but it's with like the San Antonio Spurs because Wemby would be a badass cowboy, like seven foot five, and he's also real thin. With, good luck, good luck shooting that with that desert whistle instrumental. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I'm referring even, to, right? I'll even take a Back to the Future three for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Hey, when this thing hits 88 miles per hour, we're gonna see some serious stuff. Stuff, Marty, it's Wemby, Marty. He's seven foot five and he's French, Marty. We gotta see him, Marty. So what else happened this week? Oh, uh, Peter King, who's gonna be joining us at four, seems pretty confident in his Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles leading off the season in Brazil on Friday night. He, we're gonna have him see what maybe stoked that confidence, but yeah. It looks like that could be that that is assumed to be the thing where the Browns are starting the season. Well, and as soon as it came out that the Eagles were going to be the home team for the Brazil game, like that was one of the first things that came to mind. Good news for the Browns, they don't have to they wouldn't have to travel to Philadelphia and deal with Philadelphia Eagle fan. Uh bad news, they oh. then have to travel 10, 10 hours south to Brazil to uh to face the Eagles. I just realized I want to see all the Eagles fans in Brazil. Brazil is such a happy place. It's like I mean, if you've if you've never been there, like it's so vibrant. It's such like uh, it's just the musicality of a city, or not just a city, but of a country. Like, and then you have just the most miserable, drunken, fist fighty bastards on the planet. Browns oh, and Eagles fans. Great. My God. Well, no, no, no. I think Browns fans are going to be the super chill ones. Yeah. I think Browns fans are going to be the ones like, oh, Carnival. Yeah. The <laughs> Eagles fans are like, well, does that mean uh, it means something about me as a man? What are you talking about? Let's show you how we do the muni. I, I just realized I don't have a Philadelphia. I got a Boston. I got a New York. I do not have a Philadelphia. I got to sharpen up on that one. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I have just poo pooed all over the the international games, NFL international. Yeah, I just, I'll be honest with you. I oh, they're in Tottenham. Ooh, they're in Munich. You, you, I, I was gonna say you didn't enjoy the trip to Germany this past year. No. I mean, Germans like Germany. I think that's enough for for Germany. I like their beer. I like their schnitzel. About anything past that, I'm, I'm kind of a and Germany, yeah, take it or leave it. Now that being said, the first game in Brazil, that's cool because Brazil is unlike anything you're going to see in Europe. And I like all due respect to the English soccer culture and you know European soccer culture. The, or as they call it, football. Football. The best vibes in like actual soccer is in South America or are in Spain. I will say the one thing that's most entertaining to watch about the European NFL games is they get more excited for the field goals than the touchdowns. Yeah. See? Dustin Hopkins, this is your Super Bowl. <laughs> you, maybe should we, may, uh, should we bring back Cade York? Right? 
Should we should we maybe bring him back? Do two kickers for one week, just so Cade can have like a moment uh, it's, as 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 Brown. It, it's over the bar and through the pipes. Yeah. Okay. So that's no to him coming back. All right. That probably <laughs> does make sense there. But no, I, I like. I'll be honest with you. I have no interest in other international games. Maybe it's because it's the first one. Maybe it's because I'm waiting for Brazil. him to do a Japan game. Ah, uh, why? Well, I mean, Major League Baseball's tapped the the Japanese market, and I think that that would be an interesting, unique experience for Did the NFL. Did you just one-up me? Because I was all like, yeah, Brazil, that's a fun – and then you just went to one that they haven't done yet? Yeah. Okay. That's how the show's going to go today. I like to think of this next conversation we're about to have as the NBA All-Star Weekend of sports topics because it is much talked about. It is much ballyhooed, and in the end, the salary cap is not real. But <laughs> that's what you think. I know. Here's the thing. You're about to put forth a really – so the NFL salary cap is is uh, going to increase uh, reportedly up to $250 million. That's a $26 million hike. And Andrew Barry right now is doing cartwheels in his office. And so there's a very, very valid reason why this is good for the Cleveland Browns because of some of the flexibility that it offers up. And you're about to offer up a great take on it. And I'm just going to sit here and chill and just enjoy. <laughs> and laugh at me. Well, let, you know what? Let's see how this plays out. But why is this a good thing for the Cleveland well, Browns? Well, look, um, you know, we've already had the debate about what should the Browns do with Deshaun Watson's contract this year. Uh, you know, obviously a $46 million a year. His cap figure this year is $63 million and change. Do you uh, stand pat? Do you restructure? Roll the forty-six into a uh, uh, from a salary into a signing bonus. Throw another voidable year on the back end of the thing to lower his cap figure. Stretch this whole uh, salary cap charge, if you will, out. And if if this is true, what what is out there that the cap is going to go up by uh, another eight million dollars, which was not anticipated in the original calculations then so the look, original calculation is supposed to be like 242 right? yeah okay. uh, ballpark 242 now we're looking possibly up to 250 and my thing is look um i am not a fan of restructuring deshaun unless it's absolutely necessary to bring in uh any and all pieces possible to help this team get over the top mm-hmm. what you and i uh, have talked about I- in the past otherwise if you can get away with not doing it, I say get away with it and don't do it. Mm-hmm. Take the $63 million cap hit this year, and then when you go into future years and you want to do the restructure thing, or hopefully he plays well enough to merit a contract extension, then you can you know do some more salary cap gymnastics. But we saw this last year. The Browns are going to carry about $31 million and change in unused salary cap space from fiscal year 2023 into fiscal year 2024 for cap computation purposes. So when the new league year begins, the Browns have to be in line under the 2024 salary cap. So that's, you know, 4 p.m. was it March 13th or whenever free agency begins. That's that's when they have to be there under the cap. So we're going to see in the coming weeks, we'll see some restructures. You know, we saw it last year. They restructured Miles Garrett. They did Joel Batonio. Uh, they did. De- um, I think they did Denzel Ward last year too. They just where they just basically take salary, convert it to the signing bonus. Sometimes they slap voidable years on the back end. Sometimes they don't, and that lowers and and create lowers their cap obligation for their charge for that particular year. 
and, and opens up space. And this is a year where the Browns need to roll over that type of space so they can get under the cap. You know, they can still keep doing this restructure thing uh, with other contracts, and it's not a problem. It, it's the stroke of a pen. The New Orleans Saints did this for years with Drew Brees. They're still like, doing it. Yeah, every offseason they would go in $45 million over the salary cap, and within 30 minutes, boom, they have $25 million in room to work with. Uh, just, you know, a couple of strokes of the pen. Because there's boilerplate language built in to many of these contracts to where the player doesn't even – the player has already agreed to the restructure of contract when he signed the original deal. Because there's boilerplate language usually built into the contract and say, hey, club retains the right to convert your salary into signing bonus for salary cap computation purposes. And the players don't care because they get the check when it when it gets converted to signing bonus. We'll use Deshaun as the example. When they did Deshaun's last year, they took the veteran minimum, and I realize this is getting into the minutia, but just trying to explain to folks how this works. Can we get a little uh, careless whisper behind this? <laughs> Yeah, can we, or maybe just some like just some smooth jazz here. Yeah, give it a second. Let, let it breathe. We're getting into okay. the minutia. If we get into okay. the minutia, you know, I like to get a little randy myself here. All right, you ready? All right, I'm ready. Back, ready. Oh, this is good. Yeah. All right, now now, now give it to me slow. Little mood music. So, like with Deshaun Watson. All right, but don't do that voice because that's uh, very very creepy. <laughs> that was the point, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Congratulations on getting the bit. Is that the voice you use from the bushes? Is that- <laughs> no, no, that's the voice Mac uses from the bushes. Ooh, um, ooh so- we deflected it. <laughs> so Mac's got the nicest camera for it, too. Uh, I know. And, and, and the perfect Amish beard, too. Uh, I digress. So, you know, with Deshaun last year at $46 million, they take the veteran minimum, which is like one point five something like that. You deduct that from the, the 46. I don't know what this is, but it's, it's careless so, whisper. It's so bad. It's Just good. go with it. Uh, uh, and, and then the rest of what's left over, so that one and a half or whatever, that veteran minimum is what he's paid over the 38 weeks during the season pay scale. Mm-hmm. The 44 and change. I'm listening. I know. I'm really trying to get through this. So the 44 and change that's left over gets goes into a signing bonus, and the team just cuts the check mm-hmm. for $44 million. Just cuts that check. So the player doesn't care. He still gets to pay same amount of money. Okay? Um, it's just a manner of which of how he's getting paid in don't worry about the look I'm giving. Just keep swinging the hips. Yeah, come on. This is baby making music right here. <laughs> so that's basically what the whole kicking the can down the road with the the salary cap and opening up space by converting salaries into signing bonus and stretching it out over the length of the deal, which is where the voidable years come into play. Now, what happens is, depending on the number of voidable years, <laughs> it just keeps getting funnier. I've never heard it better. <laughs> I mean, this is the most interested I've been in the NFL salary cap ever in my life. Like, God, well, if they had only done this with chemistry in high school, <laughs> I might not have to resort to being on radio to feed my family. Ah, so so yeah. what happens is when Deshaun's five-year contract comes due, Tell right? He's in, he's in that final year. The voidable years going oh. into the next year, that becomes – that spread out cap charge, whether it's one, two, three, four, whatever it is. Doesn't matter okay, how many. It becomes one bulk Ooh. cap charge. At once? At once. Oof. It's a mighty big cap charge there. It could be. 
depending how many avoidable years you throw in there. Oh. So that's why you saw the headlines yesterday, like Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, and all that. They didn't yeah. they didn't get their contracts extended. Yeah, all those avoidable years. All at once. All those cap charges come due. Two Boku, some might say. Time to pay the piper. So, yes, the salary cap is a uh, manipulative uh, or manipulable myth, but, you know, I'm not even paying attention to the words you're using. Yeah. I, just, I know. Just I'm just lost in your eyes over here. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm seeing the Daryl magic. <laughs> uh, oh, who's the who's the Browns cap guy? Go Mitchell, we're gonna help him out right now. If you, a Browns cap guy, who shall remain nameless, you throw a little careless whisper under your presentation, people aren't going to be staring off into the, the distance. The, the Haslam's will just hand you the checkbook. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's going to get a little, Jimmy's going to pour a cocktail out, going to get a smoking jacket on. Uh, you need 44 to give to Sean right now. Here you go. It's going to be like vintage 1984 Jimmy Haslam all over again. Do we make it out to cash or to Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, they pass, folks. <laughs> That's the last time I try and have a serious conversation. Well, no, I just, I, I, you were, you were, you were just, it was flowing. Like, I just, you know, I mean, it's. You say it doesn't matter. You say it's fiction. It, it does matter, but it, there are ways to manipulate it. Who does it matter? Who does it matter to? Uh, it matters to the league office because if you're not in compliance with the cap, you can't do anything in free I, agency. I'll tell you who it matters to: the Spanos family. The cheap-ass owners in the NFL. That's who it matters to. You mean the Brown to, family? No, 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 no. Them too. Yeah, yeah, of course. The Bidwells. The Bidwells, the second careless whisperer hit, they they checked out. They're like, no, this doesn't do it for me. This whole moving money around. No, I like as many of the ducats to be mine. I don't want to have I to. Just, I, I don't want to have to pay until I actually have to pay. Yeah, like I what's don't this nonsense it, that I have to write a check for $40 million in the offseason for a signing bonus. So it's not that the salary cap doesn't matter. I just don't think it matters to the Browns. No, it doesn't like, matter and, to the Browns. And, like, specific to your point, like, oh, do I care if they do or don't move the money around this year or not? Not really. Because the reality is it's just one year. So, yes, yeah, $65 million is a butt-ton, $65 million over the course of 10 years, which is, again, their point. We view this as a 10-year endeavor. I don't know, man. Like, I just... I, I listen. I think the I think the reason why it's the best for the Browns is it opens up maximum flexibility for you to do as much as you want or as little as you want. The Browns but, have the ultimate advantage. Yes, they have owners that will write check after check after check in an effort to win. Even back in the four and four forty four days where we just you know it was a knee slapper watching them take the field every week. Yeah, they spent much. They gave Brock Osweiler. They traded for Brock Osweiler and paid sixteen million dollars so they could add a second round pick to the arsenal. Right? But I think that's like the greater yeah. point here is like so it, if if the contract was either not fully guaranteed, which is another part of this, or if the contract was maybe a three year contract instead of five year contract, which would almost half the kind of window that you're thinking about. I think I'd care more, and it's yeah. not. It's funny. It's like I care, but like. I don't see a huge difference when that when that number does finally come due. 
if if you get to a point where the salary cap doesn't continue to rise, right? And right now, it it feels like it's on the upward, and we'll we'll see when it ever kind of levels off. As long as they keep adding red, revenue streams, and for all the folks that mocked the playoff game on Peacock or the Black Friday game on Amazon Prime, right? For all moving um, Sunday ticket from DirecTV to YouTube TV, like. For all the people that, you know, work themselves up in, in over all these changing technologies and distribution platforms, it's why the cap keeps going up because it's giving the NFL more and more revenue streams that did not exist. And you have these platforms that have as much money, if not more money, than TV networks have to give the NFL. And the TV networks are giving the NFL billions of dollars a year. So if the NFL can sell a playoff game for $150 million to be streamed on Peacock and they have, I don't know, I forget what the number was, you know, $50 million or whatever that streamed that thing. Um, you know, NBC, Fox, ABC, ESPN, um, CBS, for the money that they spend, of course they're going to push product on people. It's the same thing with why advertisers spent seven-plus million dollars on ads for the Super Bowl. It's to reach people because 100, people are, 100 million people are watching that thing. Okay? So, of course they're going to push their streaming platforms. NBC will push Peacock. CBS is going to push Paramount+. Plus. ABC ESPN is going to push Disney+. Plus. Like, that's where this is all going. Now, the commissioner did say, hey, n- n- there's no way that the Super Bowl will ever be a a, uh, a streaming exclusive event, which obviously is good, but, like, it's the same. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. With leagues going to cable. Off of TV, I'm old enough to remember when the Cavaliers and the the, the then Indians were on WUAB Channel 43. Now we're going to get a couple of Cavalier games sprinkled on Channel 43 coming up here uh, in the in the coming months. But like that's where you used to watch games. Then cable came along, and it became Sports Channel, and then all the other iterations that have since followed that. But it, it, it's just part of that evolution of uh, not only distribution platforms but revenue streams. And as long as that stuff keeps happening. And they're able to keep bringing in additional hundreds of millions of dollars above and beyond what they already have aligned for the next decade. Cap's going to keep going up. And you're going to not have to worry about your quarterback being paid $50 million a year. But I think this all kind of leads us to the point where I think, you know, for me, when we think about the Deshaun deal and succeeding, I just think about it from on the field stuff. Because all right. the all the business stuff is phony baloney stuff. Yeah, this is and, the first time the Browns actually have had to pay a quarterback top tier money. Well, but like my point is, because of the situation there on the cap, if you had done this a decade ago and it didn't work would've out, de- it would have been devastating. And by the way, in the the cap was still pretty soft ten years ago. I'm old enough to remember when Art Modell went panhandling to every bank to come up with seventeen million dollars to pay Andre Risen. And what a smart decision that turned out to be. Fabulous. But like worked out so well. But like I look at it and I'm like, everyone's gonna harp on the two hundred and thirty million dollars. No, it's it's the six top one hundred picks that you gave. That's the more deadly thing. If it was LA with the Spanos family, it'd be completely different. Then it would be all right, well, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul with Deshaun's contract. But that's why every time somebody comes out of the woodwork to say, ah, Brown's got to get out of this. It's no. the dumbest thing in the world because, one, the salary cap doesn't exist for people like Jimmy Haslam, for people like Jerry Jones, who's right. done this kind of thing, for the for the Saints. I mean, there's like six or seven teams in the NFL that just outspend everybody. Well, look at what happened with the Buccaneers this year, right? The reason they signed Baker Mayfield to that $6 million plus incentive type of a contract was – because they had to swallow the cap charge left over from the voidable years when they had Tom Brady, right? Um, and at some point, that's going to come due. But to you know, from Andrew Barry's perspective, right, he's projecting the cap is going to remain on this trajectory so that when the time comes and let's say it's a 30, just I'm throwing an arbitrary number out there. Let's say it's a $35 million dead cap charge for should Deshaun bring, Watson when he's not here. Should the music? No. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't affect anything negatively. So we're going to bring this back later in the show because there's an angle of the I Deshaun thing. I don't have to explain thing. this again, do I? No, 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 no. no. We we're done want with Careless you Whisper. You're spent. You've, you've got your one good performance in on uh, cap numbers on the show. I, I, need time to, I, need to, I need time to Have recharge. a cigarette and maybe, maybe get some electrolytes in your body. You'll be fine. We have not talked a lot about the NBA All-Star Weekend because, quite frankly, everybody and their mother has built their shows. And I, I listened to a lot of shows this morning. It was like 50% of a four-hour show on a game that everybody agrees is unredeemable, cannot be redeemed. What can be 
listened to and reacted to are some of the comments that have come out this weekend. Doc Rivers made a bunch of excuses this weekend and pissed off half the NBA. Um, Adam Silver's own comments on the day as handing the uh, the award uh, to the winning team. But maybe the most interesting comments came from uh, LeBron James, who talked about whether or not he would like a, a retirement tour or not. I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. I know it's not that many. I also don't know if I will kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it. I'm 50-50 because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus. That seems cool. But the other side, I've never been that great with accepting praise. it's It's a weird feeling for me. I never really talked about it much, but it's just a weird feeling for me. So, but I I am a Laker, happy and been very happy being a Laker the last six years, and hopefully it stays that way. But I don't have the I don't have the answer to how long it is or which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it is with the Lakers. It's a great organization and so many greats. But but we'll see. I don't know how it's going to end, but it's coming. He really threads the needle there, and to make sure he gets the Laker melodrama in there with "Am I going to do farewell tour or not?" And uh, the funniest thing in the, the 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 biggest lie in that whole thing was. I'm not great at accepting praise. Eh, you dubbed yourself the king from a very young age there. Um, I believe it was the Lakers uh, bubble title. I want my damn respect to. It seems as if you've done a pretty good job. You've got the Nike myth-making machine behind you. I love LeBron more than just about anybody. We're both you know, just two kids from Akron. But I'd like, in all reality, the biggest lie that man ever told was, oh, I got this... I, when people give me praise, I just can't accept it. Uh, just not used to it. Hasn't been happening since I was 15 years old. You came into the league wearing a chosen one tattoo across your shoulder blades. Well, yeah, but he had a, when that guy was sketching it on, he was like, I don't know about this. Oh, this doesn't feel right. I just, I, I, I that might have been the, um, most full of it, 40 seconds of audio I've heard in a long time. First of all, he absolutely knows how long he's going to play. 100%. You can't he, tell me he has not mapped it out to a T other than where he's going to play. Th- that is number one. <clears throat> so we'll just go ahead and cross that off. Secondly, he absolutely wants the the victory go- goodbye tour. Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I can't wait for him to sign the one-day contract to retire a Cavalier. Mm. You know that's coming. Um, you, I, the The praise thing... He always wants his flowers. He always wants his credit. Like I, I mean, he launched, let, let's be honest about it. He changed the game of basketball at the NBA level professionally mm-hmm. in, in ways that Michael Jordan didn't, in that he changed the business side. Mm-hmm. He, he is, I would say, one of the founding fathers of the player empowerment movement, yeah. where players could dictate not only how long they stay at a particular spot, but once they leave, even when it comes to being traded, took that power away from teams and said, no, you're going, just like the first time you left the Cavaliers, oh, I'm going to go to Miami. You're going to trade me to the Miami Heat Yeah, in a sign-in trade. Like, he is the one that kind of really, this transient NBA uh, that we see today, right? I mean, the the days of Magic Johnson playing 18 seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers, you're not going to see that 
a- anymore, I don't I'd, think. I'd also say if Magic had been drafted by Milwaukee or Detroit, he probably would not have spent 18 years in L.A. Right. I think I think being in L.A. had something to do with Magic being in L.A., but I, I understand your greater you, point you here. You understand what I'm saying, though. Like it, It's just setting the market thing aside. You know, hate to be back in the old days, guy, but th- those days are gone. You're just not going to see a lot of players start and finish their careers with the same teams anymore. I it's think, just it's it's not how it works, and it's not just an NBA thing. Same in baseball, same in basketball, same in hockey. It, it's just that's the nature of prof- professional sports. But you know what's funny about it is in the other sports, they don't incentivize players to stay in their chosen markets where they're drafted the way the NBA does. Well, that's true. And so, like we've you know we've had the Donovan conversation, we had the LeBron conversation. Even if he signs an extension. I mean, Paul George was one year into an extension in OKC where he was like, like, yeah, I don't think this is working out. Trade me. And I, you know, I, I think what you said there is really interesting, by the way, about LeBron's legacy. Um, I think from a player perspective, LeBron is always going to be hailed because of the player empowerment movement that he, I mean, it's every step of the way he's kind of led the way, whether it was with his own trajectory and where he played, whether it was in some of the decisions internationally, whether to play or not, whether it was honestly, even simple things like um, getting every single cent for your appearance at an all-star game. And, and I I don't know the NBA's ultimately better for it. Like, I do think that's going to age really interesting I think in the end, we're going to say, well, look at the amount of money that he brought to all these other guys by having the leverage and utilizing his leverage and giving people the blueprint to use his leverage. I also think that that is going to muddy the water for some people when they analyze him because it it's going to be the reverse of the Michael. Michael, the perception was, and I want to call it a perception because there's always some mis- mistruth in the way we remember things, but Michael, it's squarely about basketball on-court success he had no interest in helping politically he had no interest in helping his fellow NBA players well that was one of the the criticisms back in I I remember the story uh vaguely where um somebody was I believe it was back in North Carolina an African-American was running for a public office Mm -hmm. and it would have been an, an historic victory and that you know Michael would not publicly endorse uh which Obviously, in today's world, you would you see athletes endorsing, uh, you know, uh, various political figures uh, mm-hmm. in campaigns, and that and Michael, uh, that's where the uh, well, Republicans buy sneakers, uh, too, uh, mm-hmm. phrase that he allegedly said came from was that that he would he would not even though this gentleman was running for office and it would have been uh, an historic achievement had he won that election. Michael did not want to endorse because of his public image, and he had that in his head. That's why he always, uh, anytime you saw Michael out in public, he was in a three-piece suit. And in his thing was, I never know. That might be the only time that particular person ever sees me, and so I want to make sure that I project the proper outward appearance. But when it comes to LeBron and a retirement tour, I don't think anybody in the world believes that guy's going off the sweet by the and by yeah, no. without – he the wants, LeBron retirement tour. He wants to own a team in Vegas. Come on. Well, I mean, I think that's going to be uh, like I. It's funny. I think LeBron could get the single greatest retirement gift ever, which is basically at the end, 
David or <laughs> David Silver, uh, Adam Silver saying, "I respect you so much for what you've done." Here's your We're going to make you the Vegas. face of either Vegas or or Seattle. Well, uh, I don't know who get to call it like with Vegas. I don't know he'll be able to say where he gets it, but I think he will. He, I I no, I he's going to put that ownership group together post playing career. He's getting his team in Vegas. It's a matter of it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 